whatever you gotta do. You know what you're playing off of. The one thing you do know is that's the key. Hey, is this a sibling rivalry? Yeah, it is. Right now? They're me a lot of right now. Hey, we need a great look over there, all right? Great look, no excuses. We're gonna try to push the tempo a little bit. I'm right here with you. You're Maverick, I'm Goose, all right? Regular, all right? Don't kill me. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels in his mic'd up moment with the silver and black. Of course, you can check that out, Raiders.com. The question I threw out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, as we kick off hour number two of the show, who is a player that nobody's talking about? A player that you think can, you know, is kind of flying under the radar, but could be a player for the Raiders this upcoming season. 69187, keyword R&R. I know one player that's not flying under the radar is a guy that head coach Josh McDaniels was just, just talking to in that clip that you heard, and that was Hunter Renfro. Adam Hill pointed out Hunter Renfro's been out there killing it, but that's one guy. He's not flying under the radar. He is Hunter Renfro. Looks like he's in a much better place than he was a year ago. But we'll ask our next guest, Gilbert Manzano, Monday Morning Quarterback, SI.com. He joins us now on Radio Nation Radio 920. And, Gilbert, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you. It was great seeing you on Monday at Raiders training camp. And is there a guy that stood out to you in particular when you were there at camp that, you know, kind of caught your attention? Yeah, uh, Q, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Adam Hill and his mention of Hunter Renfro. And I like to argue with Adam a lot, so I'm going to do a counterpoint. And I'll go with the wide receiver he's competing with, the rookie, Trey Tucker, the third-round pick. Uh, he stood out to me and I kept asking, Who, who's that guy over there making all the plays? And they kept saying, oh, the rookie out there round pick, Trey Tucker, and that he's pretty fast. He's, you know, he's in contention for the punt return job. So I'm like, oh, okay, so that's bad news for Renfro. And I kept, kept on him the whole time. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I think one of the big camp battles, and we were just talking with Adam about this, is Trey Tucker and DeAndre Carter. And DeAndre Carter, as you know, was brought in as a free agent from the Chargers. And I feel like they play similar roles. And even though Hunter has been shining, I think that DeAndre is one of those that could be in that camp battle. But Trey Tucker, to me, Gilbert, has been standing out in a major way. I think I know he's going to make the team. It feels like he's really showing that he should get some early playing time. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a very tough competition. But, you know, it's it's rare where where a third round pick gets doesn't make the roster, you know. I, but I've seen it a few times. I actually saw it with, with with the Raiders not too long ago. So it does happen. But when you have a logjam like that at wide receiver, and, and we know how accomplished Hunter Renfro has been. I know last year was a down year, and you don't have to worry about Jacoby Myers and Devonta Adams, obviously. So it's going to be an automatic now, and it might be DeAndre Carter. And you know he was with the Chargers, so I got to cover him for a season there, and you know. Been a you know a journeyman, but he, he tends to find a way to stick to the roster. And, and the best way this time of year, as you know, Q is to, to do it through special teams. If he could yep. be a good returner uh, or even one of the core four guys, uh, I know he's, he's he's more known for the the, the return aspect. But he could find a niche in a row. Uh, you know, he'll stay on the roster, and then he can make plays. I, I've seen I saw it with Justin Herbert a year ago. So uh, he has speed, he's been reliable, he, he works hard. But uh, unfortunately for DeAndre Carter, when it comes to <laughs> cut down day. Uh, it could be good or bad, and it's been 50-50 for his career. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny. Raider Nation knows him very well. He had a lot of success against the Raiders in week one last year, right? I mean, so yeah. he was the guy that really uh, showed out in a major way. And I'm glad you brought up special teams because I want to know and, and get your thoughts on the people you talk to. You talk to people all around the league. What they think of how the kickoff, the new kickoff rule, the fair catch rule, how that's going to affect special teams this upcoming season. Yeah, you know it's funny because uh, I, I, when I was, you know, you know, I give uh, Adam a, a lot of a lot of grief, but uh, he, he was really helpful on Monday. And I'm like, hey, uh, are these guys also competing for kickoff returns? Like kickoff return, there's no such thing anymore. I'm like, yeah, hey, you're right. <laughs> Those are changing, and, uh, and and I, and I feel like from the people I've talked to, you know, 
they kind of felt like it was coming, so they weren't caught off guard by the new rule. And and, and I heard about you know all, all these like kind of like behind the closed doors meetings from the special teams guys like uh, uh, Slater from the Patriots. Uh, I think Mike Thomas. I want to say he's with the Bengals. I forget. That's a, my bad on me. But these special teams guys have done it for many years. They're trying to get a committee together, trying to get on Zoom. You know how the running backs are doing it with Austin Eckler. And yeah. Saying, hey, you, you got to push back. But when it came to the people who were making the decisions and the ones below them, like, like the GMs and the, and the head coaches, they kind of already knew, like, what can you do at this point? They're going to try to change it. Uh, and they, I think you saw the report today about them trying to tinker with the rules, with the XFL and what they did. And, and it kind of tells you something that, that they're trying to take, you know, rules from the XFL. No knock on them, but, like, it's right. supposed to be the, the standard, the NFL. you got to make your own rules and people follow your trend. So I, I don't know what it is. And, and I get it from both sides because, you look, you look at the stats, and it says, like, you know, it doesn't really add to concussions. You know, it might even lower it in the last 10 years. So to take it away from the league, it does cost a lot of jobs, like DeAndre Carter, and, and, and it helps for the guys who are doing kickoff return or kick, kickoff coverage. So those are jobs that you get. Uh, and it might be to the point, like, why do you have a 90-man roster if you don't, you don't even have roles for these guys? So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But, you know, I get they want to they keep it safe, but it seems like these stats that their people are trying to support or, or, or uh, throw out there, are showing that it doesn't really matter. Gilbert Manzano, Monday morning quarterback, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. Now, you were at camp on Monday, like as I mentioned. Uh, it was great to see you, but you had a chance to sit down and talk with Coach McDaniels. And one of the big storylines when it comes to this season is Coach McDaniels and Jimmy G and the familiarity that Jimmy has with Coach McDaniels' offense and how he's going to be able to pick it up so quickly and it's going to be so much better than it was a year ago because they know each other and, and that he's played in that system before. But in your piece, uh, basically Coach McDaniels said, eh, I think that's a little bit overblown. What was – what was Coach saying about the relationship between him and Jimmy G? Yeah, it's funny. That's one of the things you kind of get in trouble when you're not at the at, at a at a camp or a team every day. You know, I'm, I'm learning on this national side. It's like you kind of assume, hey, well, they they worked together for a few years. You know, they're familiar in the scheme, and it's not a big deal. And then I get there with Josh McDaniels, who was you know great to talk to. He's like, hey, it's it's, it's overblown. And then I started thinking about like, actually, yeah, the four, the forty nine years were six years. Uh, when Brady was suspended for those four games, he only played two out of those games to start. So uh, he was a, a young quarterback he was developing. And, and, and post-Garoppolo, post-49's Garoppolo, he's such a different quarterback. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's something familiar there. And, and that's what you, you always want to tailor your, your scheme to the strengths of your quarterbacks and your players. So I know he's going to try to make it easy and maybe get some things from Kyle Shanahan and what he did with the 49ers. But it is kind of a getting, getting, getting to know each other again kind of period. And and I know people, you know, you know, you know, give Jimmy G a, a lot of kind of flack for for fitting the physical, not being there in the offseason program. You know, when I was there on Monday, he threw the two interceptions back to back, and that's not a good look. And it's like, you know, I, I talked to McDaniel's about. It. He's like, yeah, he looks like this guy hasn't been he hasn't been around. And I'm not familiar from what he's done the last six years, but but look behind you, he's still working the, working with the, with the wide receivers and trying to get. Get used to these guys because like he's never played with like a Devontae Adams, Jacoby, Jacoby Myers. Like it's easy to kind of assume they were together in the Patriots, but Jacoby Myers is much younger, so he wasn't even there. So it's a lot of learning, and I think mistakes are okay right now. But it was funny that McDonald said, "Hey, maybe you want to pump the brakes there when it comes to being familiar with this guy." You know, the funny thing, Gilbert, is that we've all said it, though. I mean, we've all said it. It's not just, you know, you that uh, haven't been at camp every single day. I mean, we all say, well, it's got to be a little bit easier, and that's the narrative, right, that he's going to pick it up and, and be able to run with Josh McDaniel's scheme because he's familiar with them. But to hear from the coach and say, yeah, it's a little bit overblown, I think that that kind of, you know, brings it back down to reality. So, uh, I mean, again, like you said, Jimmy didn't have a great day on Monday. He bounced back on Tuesday. looked better today as well. But, you know, just kind of what do you expect from Jimmy uh, besides the narrative that you know he's often injured 
Yeah, you know, with Jimmy, you know, it, it, I know it's a, it's a frustrating kind of play style. You know, he does the, the dump off, the screens. He puts the you know the the ball in the right place for his playmakers to kind of do the heavy the heavy lifting. And it could be a frustrating time when you want a guy, you know, to push the ball down the field, or you know he's playing safe for for for, for like most of the game. And but then he has that one costly mistake in crunch time or fourth quarter. So, you know, you, you want to you know change Jimmy G. You want to make him better. But at this point in his career, you know who he is. So, you know, you you want to kind of fit it to the way that he did it with the foreign ass because they won so many games. So. But again, it's going to be different with the Josh Josh McDaniels way and what they want to do. And you know, he, if it works out with Josh Jacobs, you know, he'll have a bell cow and he, he has a pretty good receiving core like we've been talking about, uh, a good tight end, or we'll find out. But a good rook, rookie who's promising, and Michael Mayer, who stood out to me also on Monday. So you know, you do want to kind of do the same things you did in San Francisco, but just find a way where you know it's not obvious and and still attack down the field because when you have such a spell like Devonta Adams and you want to give him the ball down the field, you still got to push it eventually. So I think that maybe the mistakes that might occur early on because you want to try to figure it, figure it out with so many weapons and make things work. But you also you also know what your quarterback does well. Uh, so you know you know people throw the term game manager out there for him, but I think you know when it comes to winning so many games, he's 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 better than that. But again, we we don't know how it's going to be with, with the Raiders, you know, version of Jimmy G. But I I wouldn't be surprised if it was kind of similar to what to, to what he did with the 49ers. And and I know Josh McDowell is big on the running game, and so was Kyle Shanahan, or he or he is with the 49ers, so I think it'll be kind of a blend of what he did back there. Was there anything else that stood out to you from the conversation that you had with Coach McDaniels about just kind of his approach as he's going into year two with the Raiders as opposed to kind of what he did in his his first year with the Silver and Black? Yeah, you know, just kind of going off of that, like, you know, you know, Jacoby Myers is another one who was familiar with the scheme, and and I started talking to McDaniels. I'm like, so, you know, you're familiar with with the two big acquisitions and, and Jacoby Myers and Jimmy G, and I'm like, was there any kind of like like process where they had to you know fill out the the, the locker room? Like, you can't just be like, hey, I'm the one that knows the coach and I'm the leader, so listen to me. When you just got there, and there's been there was guys who were there for two years who, who know the system better. So, you know, he said there was kind of a phase there where you know guys could be lead, leading by example early on, or they started getting their, you know their voice later later on. So I think I think for me, like again with Myers and Jimmy G, like it's it's a learning curve and it's a process. There's so many new guys that. You know, this time they're probably leaning on the second-year guys with Josh McDaniels and mm-hmm. and things like that. And the the other one that that really stood out that kind of you know, made some headlines was uh, you know, how confident Josh McDaniels was about you know Josh Jacobs being back when he said, "Where's like, yeah, you know, when he gets back here, we'll get him integrated into into the the flow of things." And right now we're we're gonna you know work out with the, with the guys that we have. Uh, so when he said things like that, like you know, I'm not worried about him, you know you know, missing games or holding out for a period. Like, he expects them to be back. And at the same time, you're seeing all these stories on, on, on Google about, you know, trade options for Josh Jacobs. And right. I hear Josh McDowell is saying he's going to be back. I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's actually kind of notable for him to tell me that. Yeah, you know, and I'm glad you mentioned Josh Jacobs and what Coach McDaniels had to say about him being back. And sooner rather than later, you know, there's reports out that the Raiders are open to to talking with him in his camp or whatever the case may be. And so I feel like that that means something's going to get happen is going to get done sooner rather than later. Do you think it's a situation that we saw with Saquon Barkley where like it's the franchise tag and they just put a little something something on top just to satisfy him for now, and, and then they'll worry about whatever they worry about after the season. Yeah, I'm sure there's a blueprint right there with Saquon Barkley, and I'm sure when Josh Jacobs saw, he's probably thinking, okay, you know, there's a solution here, and you don't want to go into a season thinking like, I want, I'm not, I don't want to lose this paycheck of ten million dollars guarantee. Like, right. that's a big, you know, big chunk of change there. You don't, and then you also want, you want to play. You're a competitor, and I'm sure he wants to play 
Uh, it could be something where they promised us, this is kind of going out there, but they promised us, Jacob, hey, you know, we won't use a franchise tag on you to come in this year. And, mm-hmm. and you think about it, he's a, he's a big core player for McDaniels. And, like, like you know, every year in, in the NFL, it, it, there's pressure. And after not missing the playoffs in year one, like, I don't think Josh McDaniels is sitting there thinking, like, hey, I want to be ready for the draft and we're going to just do it again <laughs> in year three. Like, I, right. I was just in Arizona, you know, yesterday, and everybody's counting them out for, for 2023. Yeah, they have a, a young roster and they might be a struggle, but, like, you don't have time to waste, especially in Arizona. They have a new GM and a new head coach, and and, and it's a bad look if you go whatever it is, you know, two and fifteen. So you want to you want to win, you want to compete. And the same thing with the Raiders, like you want your best guys out there, and you want to make it work. And sometimes you got to make it work for now and do what you can, and then figure out the things later on. But they're all trying to compete. They're all trying to win games. Nobody's thinking about at least I. I know maybe some front office guys have that job to worry about Caleb Williams and Drake May and Marvin Harrison Jr. But the coaches and the players, they don't care about that right now. So I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. That's why I think I wrote in my story. It's like, hey, like, they either they're waiting for the, for the guy to report or a solution comes up to get them here earlier because I feel like, you know, what Saquon did and how vital he is to his roster and you want to win right now, uh, you know, he's so, he's so important. So, you know, I, I don't know what the, what the future holds for the Raiders with, with a Josh Jacobs. I know last year was a struggle, but I do know he makes them much better and their chances increase when he's out there. So, uh, you know, that's why I'm not surprised when reports came out. I think it was Justina Anderson that said, mm-hmm. hey, they're open to talking. I'm like, okay, well, you know, there we go. It's on track to maybe happen before uh, September. And, again, I think Josh Hagel wants to be out there with his teammates as well. I agree. I think he wants to be out there more than anything. And, and obviously, they want to get that, that money, that $10 million guaranteed. As you mentioned, that's a whole lot of money to pass up on. Again, we're talking with Gilbert Manzano from Monday Morning Quarterback, SI.com, here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, you mentioned Jacoby Myers, and I wanted to go back to him real quick. He's been a guy, Gilbert, that's really been the de facto number one in New England. Clearly, he's not a number one with the Raiders, as that's Devontae Adams. And then Hunter Renfro's playing really well also. How much better do you think Jacoby Myers could be now that he won't get the number one corner attention? He won't get all the focus because there's a guy like 17 across from him. Yeah, that could that could definitely help. Like if you're focusing on Devonte Adams, you know, you take advantage of the single coverage and you make teams pay for you know focusing on your on the star wideout. But the thing about Myers, like I'm wondering where like, how they're going to use a guy because you know he was so good on the slot with with the Patriots, but like. You know, you got you know guys like Hunter Renfro and DeAndre Carter and Trey Tucker who could play the slot, or I think Tucker might be better for the outside because he's so fast. But it's like, what do you do? And and then when I was there on Monday, people were telling me, look at him on the outside. No, he's over there. I was like, oh, okay, that could be interesting. So uh, it's kind of like a good problem to have. Like it gives you like an abundance of options how to play these guys, how you utilize them. Like, like I'm sure, like you know, Devontae is good wherever he is, inside outside. So. When you could do that, and you could kind of maybe disguise your offense a little bit, and you, and you keep your defenses guessing, like that makes your your entire offense much better. Especially if Josh Jacobs is there, you got a balanced attack for the for the play action. So, I think it's going to give him a lot of options. But again, it's going to be maybe a, like like a tough first month of a feel out. I'm not saying it's going to lead to losses, but like it won't be smooth when it comes to October. But it's a good problem to have, and and that's why when 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 it comes to the draft, people are always saying. You know, why do you mock a cornerback or a wide receiver to this to this team when they have so many guys? I'm like, depth in the NFL is so important, and injuries occur, uh, and having a variety of options is always better. So, uh, I think you know they'll figure it out, and 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 they'll they'll see you know how much better it is to have a guy like that uh, on the roster. 
Yeah, you're you're right. I, and again, I think Jacoby Myers is going to thrive with uh, all the weapons around the field. And again, they just got to find a spot for him. But it's a good problem to have, and I think they'll they'll be able to find a solution sooner rather than later. And I know you're on training camp tour. You were with the Raiders on Monday. You said you were in Arizona yesterday. How has the whole tour been going? And what was the vibe around Arizona? Because I know the expectations, as you mentioned, aren't very high right now. Yeah, you know, so you know, it, it was good to be in Arizona because you know they made the, the coach Anthony Gannon available. You know, they made the GM uh, Monty Osenfor available. He, Kyler Murray was out there walking around with the team. And I got to see. I'm not a doctor, but he was out there kind of walking slowly. And but it was good to. Uh, you know, I, I know it, it's it's rough for them because you know people are counting them out, and uh, I just kind of just asked them, hey, like you know, it was actually the last question I asked Jonathan Gannon, who's a very outgoing guy, and. He's like, hey, cause, you know, you see that uh, stadium car behind? Let's just jump in the stadium car and let's just chat this over here. And he was so outgoing. And then when it came, like, hey, man, uh, a lot of people are counting you guys out. He just simply said, I couldn't care less. And, and that, <laughs> that told me enough. He's kind of growing tired of it. People counting him out for his first year before his first game. Uh, but then you read stories about, you know, how DJ Humphreys is saying that it's been a culture change and a culture shock. And obviously, after what happened with Sean Payton, uh, you don't want to touch too much on the previous regime. So right. I, I asked him about that, and, and Jonathan Gannon and Monty were like, hey, we're just being ourselves. We don't know what happened before. Uh, but guys are buying into it. Uh, obviously, they're still learning. Uh, but they're, they're, they're believing in the philosophy, and that's why you can do in year one. And, and Q, I hate doing all the cliches, but this time of year, uh, you know, they, they, they tend to kind of, you know, be true. And when people are guys are buying in early on, like it's a good sign. Uh, but again, it, it, when the games count, we're going to really find out. Maybe all the opinions about them are going to be accurate. But the sense I got, they're not. They're not in tank mode. They're really going to go all out. Uh, and I'm. And I remember Monty, like he's such a kind of laid guy. But again, the last question I asked him was like, "Hey, people are not giving you guys a chance." And he just emphatically told him, "We're here to try to win. Uh, we're going to build the best roster that we can." Like, okay, well, uh, <laughs> this is this right. is uh, me hearing it from these two guys here. Uh, and, 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 you know, there's no, no reason not to believe them. But, again, uh, you could be confident, but the roster could still struggle, and it's going to be a lot of bumps and bruises. But, you know, the, the, the biggest thing you want to do is have guys buy in and go out there and compete for your job. And, and these players don't care about the job. They, they want to have a, a roster spot uh, and, and see what they do. But Arizona was great. It was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of you know, great access for me to kind of uh, talk to everybody and get a feel for them. Well, I'll tell you right now, they got Colt McCoy as their starting quarterback until Kyler Murray comes back. So <laughs> they they can uh, they 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 can win <laughs> yeah. as many games as they want with Colt McCoy, and I don't know how many that's going to be. And then Kyler Murray's going to have to come back sooner rather than later. I don't know. I mean, you said you saw him limping or not limping around, but walking slowly. Uh, what are your expectations for Murray? You think he comes back soon? I think you know you know he knows how it is in his, in his league. If, if, if there's a guy coming in the draft and they have the first round. I mean, the first overall pick, and, yeah. and they're going to make a decision. Uh, you don't want them to kind of be thinking about, hey, you know what? This regime, they never drafted me. They never, they're not the ones that paid me, so I got to go out here and improve something. And, and credit to the Arizona local media. They were, they were asking all the good questions. Like, hey, like when Kyler comes back, does he have something to prove to you guys? And, you know, uh, Monte being uh, as savvy as he is for his, for his response, he's like, hey, everybody has to prove themselves. And that's a good way to kind of approach it. But, <laughs> right. uh, you know, he does have something to prove to his regime. And, and, and Jonathan Gannon was saying he has a good relationship with Kyler. And, and Kyler and Jonathan Gannon kept talking to each other throughout practice. So that's good to see and to communicate with each other. But if things go south, like many are predicting, and they do have that first pick from the Texans and the first pick of, of themselves or whatever it is, a combination, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. will be also a nice addition to Kyler Murray, right? Like, yeah. it'd be good to have a high pick for that. 
But if you're sit, sitting there thinking about Caleb Williams and Drink May and you're unsure about the guy who didn't play for the whole year, the guy you didn't pay or drafted, it gives you a lot to think about. So I think for Kyler to come back, he wants to at least show, hey, I'm still that guy. I'm still that dude. Believe in me. But it's a, it's a tricky kind of line of trying to rush back from a torn ACL, one that occurred in the final month of the of the season, so there's not a lot of time to recover. Yeah, that's what I keep thinking. I, I don't think that Kyler Murray is going to be out there anytime soon, especially a guy that uses his legs as much as he does. I don't think it's great to throw him out there immediately, but uh, for every reason that you mentioned, I'm sure he probably wants to get out there to prove something to that Arizona Cardinals, that new staff that they have there uh, led by Jonathan Gannon. So it's going to be interesting. Well, Gilbert, it's fantastic stuff, man. Uh, where are you headed now? What's the next training camp you're headed to? Yeah, so today's a recovery day, but I'm it's gonna be in my backyard on the LA LA area, so I'll I'll go to the Cowboys in Oxnard. I just I actually looked up the weather. It's gonna be a nice seventy five. That is why the Cowboys go to Oxnard instead of humid, uh staying in humid Texas. Uh, and then after the Cowboys I'll go down to a familiar site in a site in Costa Mesa for the Chargers and another, and then another familiar one uh in the Rams and Irvine. So I got the Orange County uh there and then, you know, after that it, there's no more rest days. I go to the forty ers Seahawks, Broncos, and consecutive days. So it's uh, it's, it's been fun, but it does take a toll on you. All right, let me let me ask you this: When it comes to the Rams and you going to Rams camp, is it going to be the same time when the Raiders are scrimmaging, having the joint practices? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it won't be. Uh, I kind of wanted to do these things individually to focus on them, on the, okay. the Raiders and the Rams on their own. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to them this week, but I I will try to try to be there for the one. I think that will be at the headquarters in Thousand Oaks, not in, in Irvine. And gotcha. me, Thousand Oaks is much closer. Uh, so I will I do want to do that drive and see you guys, uh, uh, the Vegas uh, media and and, and Raiders side because it was, it was fun to be there on Monday. To be honest, it was cute. As you know, I used to work there for the Las Vegas Review Journal, and yep. I saw the the way they were building the facility, and I saw how they were building the Legion. So so I left before things were kind of settled. So. To be there on Monday, that, that was cool to see. And I'm like, okay, I got to make it out to that Rams uh, Raiders scrimmage and kind of reunite with everybody again. There you go. Well, it was great to see you, my man. And of course, you always put out the great work. We definitely appreciate you. Thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Oh, no problem, Q. Thanks for the time as always, man. Yes, sir. There he goes. Gilbert Manzano right there, Monday morning quarterback at G Manzano24 on Twitter. Of course, SI.com. You can check out all his stuff. And yeah, he's on the training camp tour. That's awesome. I'm not mad at that. You know, Gilbert's doing his thing. NFL Network has been through the Raiders facility already. ESPN has been there already. I mean, there's plenty of different outlets. I saw CBS Sports there as well. So a lot of different uh, outlets coming through Raiders training camp, checking it out. And it's always great to catch up with those guys when they do. So many thanks to Gilbert for giving us some time this afternoon. We've got Paloma Villacon for Fox 5 Sports coming up at 3.30. She'll talk all things Aces and also talk all things UNLV. Uh, we also got your text and your calls that we'll get to, 69187, keyword r and uh, Also, 702-365-9200, Radio Nation listener line, uh, talking about a player that nobody is talking about, someone who you think could be flying under the radar that could end up being a, a big-time player for the team. All you got to do is hit us up and let us know about it. Uh, let's see. We got a couple texts that I want to get to. Yeah, Rody Raider I want to get to real quick from New York. I think the combo of Thayer Mumford and Dylan Parham going into the second year will be my guys to watch. Got to keep Jimmy G upright. Also, quick question. Will you guys get locker room access during the preseason games? Uh, that's from Rody Raider from New York. And yeah, during the games, we get, we get locker room action for sure. Uh, the problem is that I'm doing the pre and the post game show for the preseason, so I won't get to get to the locker room. I'll be as soon as the the game is over. I'll be at on for the 49er game. I'll be at Allegiant Stadium and either uh, at the Coors Light Landing or the Modelo um, Lounge 
I think that's it. And then for the other two games, against one against the Rams and the other one against the Cowboys, I'll be at the Raiders headquarters. So I won't be I'll, I'll be in their podcast studio, so I won't be able to get into the locker room following those games. But last year after preseason games, yeah, we definitely uh, went into the locker room. So we'll get that access, and then we'll get that access throughout the course of the regular season as well, uh, a couple of days during practice, uh, a couple of days during the, the practice week, and then also following games. So uh, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. I gave you the number, 702-365-9200. That's the Radio Nation listener line. How about we use it real quick? How about calling number nine? Why don't we get you qualified for four tickets to an Aviators game, which is one step closer in the Lotus Summer of Fun. Uh, this week we're sending you on a trip to New Mexico with a hot air balloon trip and then Albuquerque for three days in Santa Fe plus $1,700 spending money. So it's a whole week of fun we're trying to get you hooked up with. Or you could take the cash. It's always uh, take the trip, take the cash, $3,000, or you could take the trip that I just mentioned to you. But the first step is getting those four tickets to the Aviators game. The way you do it, give us a call right now, 702-365-9200. Call number nine is what I'm looking for, Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing, G-O-E-T-T-L. We'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. They're sponsoring the whole thing, and we do appreciate them. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Man, we have, like, great reserves, great role players. They know exactly what we need to do in order to win, and they're always ready when their name is called. I mean, KB, she had a lot of DMPs, but she was ready when her name is called, and that's what matters the most. Here comes Sid, behind the back. No look pass. Oh, Kirsten Bell down the lane. Assist for Colson. Bucket for Bell. It's Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 on Unnecessary Roughness. And Paloma Villacana joins us now on the phone lines from Fox 5 Sports. And we do appreciate you, Paloma, as always. And you heard right there coming back, Asia Wilson talking about Kirsten Bell, who had a, a career high in points last night as the, the Aces knocked off the dream. And, uh, Paloma, I know we talked about Kirsten Bell last week, but, man, she really continues to, as far as I'm concerned, evolve as a big-time player for the Aces. How much have you seen her game continue to grow? Yeah, this is definitely her year, for sure. Um, making that leap from year one to year two. Um, you know, she she made the roster this year, and she's only improved uh, each game. And like we heard from Asia Wilson, and we've heard from Becky Hammond all season long, that, you know, she's gaining more minutes um, because she's, she's playing well. And all season long, it's been about the Aces bench, really the Aces bench energizing um, the starters. And when Asia comes out, and whoever comes in for her, you know, brings the energy, brings, you know, picks it back up where, where she took off. And I think Kirsten Bell, we saw that uh, definitely from her this week. And um, other than Bell, you know, it's such a fun team to watch. Um, you know, another sold-out game at the Michelob Ultra Arena. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so special to watch the Aces right now. They are rolling, um, continuing to dominate team after team. And to see the bench players like Kirsten Bell, you know, put up a career night, um, you know, things are looking good ahead of the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, they really are. They clinched the playoff spot with the victory that they had last night, and it seems like Coach Hammond is is not hesitant to go to her bench. I mean, she doesn't need to go to her bench, but it seems like she's comfortable if she decides to put somebody in earlier rather than later that she feels like that they're not going to miss a beat. Yeah, and that's kind of maybe the difference we're seeing this year rather than last year. You know, the, the Aces really relied on their core five last year and you know Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray and and Kelsey Plum and they were playing like every minute in the postseason last year so this year um, the fact that you have the bench to to help you and you have depth um, and then you have you know an even improved roster with Asia Wilson uh, becoming player of the month 
and 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 every player only looking much better this season. And you know, fingers crossed for for Candace Parker to see if she can come out for the postseason. But um, uh, that's the thing that the Aces have. Once someone comes out, you know, the person that comes in, you know, continues to bring the energy and 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 continues to bring the lift, and that's what you want to see um, from an elite team. Yeah, no, you really do. And you mentioned Candace Parker. Of course, she's out. She had the foot surgery. But I'll tell you, Paloma, Kia Stokes has been fantastic, yeah. right? I mean, she's already been a good player, but it seems like she elevated her game because they knew that she needed to elevate her game. So what have you seen from Stokes and Candace Parker's absence? Yeah, just that she's been able to step up, you know, step up when, when her number's called. You know, she's in the starting rotation, um, and she's just another body out there that has, like I mentioned, she's only improved this year as well. Um, and that's kind of what Becky Hammond really needed her whole team to buy in uh, during the off season was no matter if you're a starter, it doesn't matter if you're on the bench, you know, when your number is called, you could be in the, in the starting rotation any night. And that's what we've seen from Kia Stokes is just um, her ability to come in and, and to step up. Um, she, she looks really great on both ends of the court. Um, and and it's, it's kind of hard to find a weak spot with this Aces team. Um, like Becky Hammond has said, you know, there is no defense for the Aces this season. And when they can when they can pull up players into the starting rotation and they come out and execute, um, they're super hard to beat. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Again, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 talking all things Aces. And, you know, the other day, Jackie Young didn't have the greatest day shooting. She stayed out after the game was over, uh, was working on her shooting. Last night she was fantastic, right? She got a little bit banged up at the end, but it looks like she was fine as, you know, Chelsea Gray and Asia were on the bench and they were laughing and joking with her and she was even surprised on how her leg bent. But what have you seen from Jackie Young and especially from one game to the other where she didn't have a great night shooting then last night she was fantastic well I think what Kelsey Plum has mentioned this season is that the team is in better shape this year and and she attributes that to their training facility um like like I learned earlier this season that Jackie Young lifts every single day the whole team is lifting every single day um and sometimes Jackie Young is lifting after a game so you know if if it's not her night um, you know, she doesn't go home and she doesn't kind of kick her feet up. You know, she's, she comes right out after the game and is, is, is shooting hoops and is, is putting up shots. And um, I've, I've been told that she's lifting sometimes after games right there at Michelob Ultra Arena. So, um, you know, she's working hard. And that's the one thing that I think has been a game changer for the Aces is having that facility. Um, you know, Asia Wilson says that she feels bad for her dogs. Because uh, she's in her, she's in that facility, you know, twenty four seven, and um, you know that's been a huge factor for the Aces' success. Is that when a game's over and you know Jackie Young or whoever didn't have their night, you know they're back at the facility or they're back on the court um, putting up shots, and uh, that just tells you kind of the hunger and the uh, unsatisfaction. You know, you're on an eight game win streak, and you're you're you come out after a game and you're putting up shots. You know that shows their dedication to win another title this year. Yeah, they, they've been incredible. They really have. They've only had two losses, and, and, you know, it's really the rest of the season has been, even though they've had a couple close games, it just seems like they've dominated. They're averaging about 90-plus points a game, and, you know, Jackie's mm-hmm. been stepping up, and Kirsten's stepping up, and you you name it, they're stepping up. K, mm-hmm. uh, KP, uh, Kelsey Plum, she's been playing fantastic. Is she faster this year? She seems like she's playing at a faster <laughs> pace. <laughs> yeah, KP, she's unstoppable. I mean, she – I know when she missed a game, or two because she she was sick um you know you could really feel kind of just like the lack of pace 
Mm-hmm. You know, she really sets the pace on the floor. Um, you know, she gets downhill so fast. Um, you can't stop her. You know, you can't stop her. So KP, she said she's in the best shape of her life this year. Um, again, of course, that's because of their 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 strength coach, their facility, um, and everything. So. You know, I'm I'm excited to see, you know, how far this team goes. You know, they're already having such a historical season. Um, I'm excited to see a, a historical postseason uh, for the Aces. I'm trying to tell you. I would. I said earlier, I said, man, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but I would not be surprised when it was all said and done in the WNBA season. We're talking about back-to-back champions in the Aces. It just it seems yeah. like it's inevitable. Like, they are so stinking good. Even the other teams <laughs> that are supposed to compete with them seem like that they're just not on their level. Just That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, definitely. I know I know. at the beginning of the season, um, you know, on ring night, on, on the very first home game of the year, on ring night, Asia Wilson said after the game, you know, they want to be the best team the W has ever seen. She wants to be the best player the W has ever seen, and and so far, these these girls have been making a lot of history this season. And um, not only, you know, for them to have that energy, but everyone in the city feels that, you know, yeah. the Golden Knights, uh, UNLV, the Raiders, you know, all these other teams are looking at the Aces saying, man, we, you know, we got to keep up with that. We got to continue to produce wins um, because, you know, everyone else wants a sold out arena and everyone <laughs> else wants wants the love and the attention and, you um, you know, I know when the Golden Knights were in the playoffs, you know, Asia Wilson was saying, you know, we feed off them, they feed off us, you know, we're rooting for them, they're rooting for us. Um, and there's no doubt that the UNLV Rebels are, are about to <laughs> kick off camp soon. Yep. And, uh, you know, Doug Brumfield and some of the guys were just saying, man, you know, looking up what the Aces have done, looking up what the Golden Knights have done, uh, you know, we want to do that exact same thing. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I, I would like the Raiders to get some of that Aces energy, right? Get some of that, <laughs> yeah. get some of that Aces energy and, and, and that, that want to to yeah. win like that and go out there and perform and put on for the city because, man, uh, the Aces are incredible. And, of course, the run the Golden yeah. Knights went on to win the Stanley Cup, that was fantastic as well. But, Paloma, you mentioned UNLV. Uh, the players, they report tomorrow. Camp gets underway on Friday. I know you'll be out there for practice. But what are you looking for? What do you? How do you think that this team looks – differently uh, from 2022, now all of a sudden transition to Coach Odom's team. How, how do you think it, it looks different from a year ago? Yeah, I'm excited. It, this is like Christmas, you know. This is so <laughs> excited. I don't, I don't know. I was at Target buying, you know, pens and highlighters. And, you know, I, this is the time of year where I get so excited for. I, you know, have all my rosters printed out and everything. And I was, I was actually going through the roster, you know, a night or two ago, just go, flipping through, you know, the 150 players that they right. <laughs> that they have. But, um, you know, what I'm seeing is, you know, Coach Odom really wants to change the identity of this team when it comes to their defense. You know, the Rebels have struggled on the defensive side of the ball for mm-hmm. years now. Right. Um, you know, they've been giving up 40 points, 30 points a game you know, for years now, and this is before Coach Arroyo, this is before um, Coach Sanchez, that, that the Rebels defense has really, really uh, struggled to stop the run, struggled to, struggled to stop the pass. Um, so Coach Odom, former defensive coordinator at Arkansas, former linebackers coach, former head coach at Missouri, he played, um, he was a linebacker at Missouri. So um, his defensive mind is definitely going to help uh, the Rebels, and they love their new defensive coordinator, Mike Shear. He's uh, coming from Arkansas. He was the linebackers coach at Arkansas. So I'm ready to see an improved defense 
um, you know, a healthy defense. Those guys got to stay healthy on the defensive line. But I know that, you know, Coach Odom says it starts with the line of scrimmage. You know, it starts with the offensive line. It starts with the defensive line. It starts with recruiting the line of scrimmage and and really making sure that the offensive line is taking care of of Doug Brumfield and that the defensive line is stopping the run, stopping the pass, you know, creating turnovers. So um, there's, you know, definitely a lot to do on this UNLV football team, but I'm definitely excited um, and, and Coach Odom really emphasized, you know, he wants to win now. This isn't a long-term project. You know, this isn't a building, you know, the culture and the identity right. is what we heard a lot with Coach Arroyo. You know, in year three, you know, he was still talking about establishing his culture and establishing um, the ways and the habits. I'm like, man, you know, you're three years into your program. You know, you want to win games right away. And who can I think of? Uh, TCU head coach Sonny Dykes right. the natty first yep. year as the head coach so you know if a first year head coach can take his team all the way to the natty in his first year uh, no excuses you know time yeah. to get to work yeah no it is it's really a time to get to work and look when, when UNLV was good last year and they were winning games their defense was playing well for them right I mean it was just uh, once their defense stopped playing and they got into some other games they weren't able to, to hang with them but I thought that their defense did well early. It just wasn't sustainable yeah. for the throughout the course of the season. So uh, the defense yeah. is definitely yeah. something to pay attention to. So I could talk to you for like two hours about the UNLV football team, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what do you want to talk about? We can talk about the defensive line. We can talk about the linebackers. We can talk about the secondary. Right. Um, and I always tell – I used to tell Coach Royo on the red zone – like, my show is 30 minutes, and I'm like, man, I really could spend 30 minutes on one position. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's the best time of the year. I'm sure, you know, you're having a lot of fun at, at training camp. Oh, yeah. Uh, the weather was much nicer today, so. I know. And you know what's funny? Weather. Man, you know what's funny is the weather's been pretty decent the last two days, and I keep feeling like I'm setting myself up for failure. <laughs> like, I just know that the inevitable <laughs> is coming where it's going to be brutal out there. Yep. But the last oh, couple days yeah. have been nice, so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that, yeah. g- that yep. goes. <laughs> so. And UNLV, they have a brand-new practice field. They got a brand-new mm. brand new turf out there on their practice field, so that should be a huge help when it comes to the heat, uh, because that old field they had was, was garbage. Right. So they got a new practice field, and I'm excited to get out there and see there. I think it's like, you know, the soft sand turf that now all the high schools have. Okay. So, yeah. Um, much needed, much needed. And I know, I know for a fact that, you know, so many guys went down in practice, you know, and so many guys were getting injured at practice. So this will be a huge help for UNLV moving forward. Yeah, no, it really will. And, look, UNLV, the one thing I can say about them is the facilities are fantastic. Obviously, they play in uh-huh. Allegiant Stadium, but their practice facilities are fantastic. Yep. Having the new turf is a good thing. So uh, they got to get those players in, and that's going to be part of it is mm-hmm. having the great facilities. So they got that. Well, Paloma, great stuff as always. Definitely appreciate you. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I mean, everything UNLV coming up with the Red Zone starting, you know, at the end of the month, we'll have Coach Odom in. Super excited for, you know, kind of a new chapter, a new era with Coach Odom. There's so many new faces um, on the roster and in his coaching staff. So super excited for the Red Zone. Uh, and getting ready for that Aces parade in September, you know? <laughs> right. There you go. I'm anticipating it as well. Well, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you. You do a great job. And like I said, we'll talk soon. 
Thanks, Q. See ya. All right, see ya. There she goes, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, talking all things Aces and UNLV. And UNLV, the players report to camp tomorrow, and uh, everything gets underway on Friday. And, look, they have great facilities. They play in Allegiant Stadium. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because there's a lot of realignment going on across the whole uh, college football landscape, right? And the, the Pac-12 is just about non-existent anymore. Uh, there's going to be programs from the Mountain West that are going to escape from the Mountain West and end up going somewhere. We don't know where, but they're going to go somewhere. There's conversations of the Big 12. There's conversations of the Pac-12. There's conversations of this, that, and the other. Who knows? But uh, one of the big deals is having facilities. And that's one thing UNLV has is facilities. That's one reason why Coach Odom is going to be part is part of the program now. He comes from a place in the SEC that have really good facilities, and UNLV is top notch as well. So that's going to be good for trying to get recruits in, and of course uh, practicing at a very high level. You've got to be able to keep up with the Joneses, I should say, and that's what they're doing at least with their facilities. Now it's time to go get it done on the field. 344 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, get to some of your calls and get to your texts. And then we have Josina Anderson will join the show at the top of the hour. The question I threw out there to you, who's a player or a couple players that nobody's talking about in your opinion that you think can end up being players for this team upcoming in this upcoming season? Let us know about it. 69187 keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. We'll go out to it as we have Josina Anderson calling in in about 10 minutes. Excited to talk to her as we kick off our number three of the show. But let's go ahead and talk to our guy, Ruben, right here in Las Vegas. Ruben, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Uh, good afternoon, Q. I was at training camp today. Very fum- humble and fortunate to be able to attend it. I, om- I give you a shout out. I don't know if you heard me. I almost <laughs> said the Mondo. <laughs> nice nice how so how was how was camp for you man for me that was my uh you know it was great you know the weather was kind of nice i know it drizzled a little bit sprinkled but you know it was cool man like it stood up man they looked hungry out there i know i saw a couple of offensive linemen scuffling the offense and defense side they were scuffling a little bit earlier when i got there but man hunter renfro man he looks looks hungry man he looked, he looked good today and, uh, yep you know, he looked pretty good. The only thing I'm kind of worried about, Q, is, you know, one of the Raider image stores, I saw a jersey that was on sale. I'm not saying who it was, but it was on sale, you know, 25% off, you know what I mean? And I don't know, that usually not really a good thing. But <laughs> other than that, man, you know, Hunter, Hunter looked good today, man. And Max looked good. And this is like the energy, man. It looked, it looked good, you know. It looked good. Well, I, well, I got to ask, man, what jersey was on sale? Inquiry minds want to know. Uh, Hunter Renfro, man. <laughs> You know, I, I sent a text to Baker, Clay Baker, from the morning show, and I'm like, hey, man, something going on that I don't know about or whatever. You know, Raider Image is downtown Summerlin, the weekend of the Battle for Vegas softball thing. That jersey was on sale, man. Mm. Uh, you know, I don't like stuff like that. You know, <laughs> right. That's never unless a good thing. Unless you're changing his number. Unless you're changing his number, but not a good thing. Right, no, that's never that's never a good sign, Ruben. Thanks for the call, man. Definitely appreciate you, and that's something to monitor. But uh, he's playing incredible right now. He is Hunter has been unguardable. So I think no matter what the situation may have been at some point, uh, he he's looking like one of those guys that that you just you you want to make sure that you have on the you know on your squad because he like I said he looks like the vintage Hunter that we know. Let's go down under. How about we go to Cam? Whoa, Cam, and it's actually Thursday, almost 10 a.m. in Australia. Cam, welcome to the show. Hi, Cam. How are you, my man? I am great. How are you doing, my man? I am mag-bloody-nificent. Thank you very much for asking. 
<laughs> Absolutely. What's hey, on your mind? A couple of things. Couple of things. I've got to apologise. Haven't rung in for a while. Been a bit busy, but I have been listening to what's going on. Sounds like training camps going pretty good. Um, I really love to hear what um, Adam Hill had to say. That was very, very enlightening about Aidan O'Connell and a few of the boys. So great to hear. Even though it's sort of not great to hear, but well, it's like you say, mate. It's only early days. Yep. Secondly. Now, I've been away a little bit, so I have missed a couple. Did we end up doing the snakes, though? Not yet. Not yet. We have not had the, okay. the snake conversation yet. The show automatically dedicated to the snake. Not yet. No, that's okay. I just wanted to know, in case I missed it, I'd catch it up on the podcast. But I'm, uh, that's great news. I haven't missed it. Second and thirdly, the question of the day, I would like to find out a bit more about what's going on with Luke Masterson. Mm. Well, now our linebacker core ain't great, but I thought he did some good things last year, and I was wondering how he was going in training camp to see what's going on for this year. Okay. Hey, great stuff, Cam. It's great to hear from you, my man. Luke Masterson, he actually talked to us yesterday following practice, and he's he's out there competing, man. He's competing. He's out there fighting for uh, you know for his job. Of course, there's others out there, uh, you know, like uh, Drake from uh, NC State that a lot of people are high on. But uh, Luke Masterson looks a little bit more comfortable. Uh, obviously, he's been in the system for a year. He just he, he looks like, again, a guy that's out there uh, continuing to fight for his job. But I think that he is doing a really good job out there as of right now. Again, it could be a numbers game. Who knows? But just having the, a, a good step in the right direction, a foot in the right direction, since he was able to be on the team last year, I think is a very positive thing. So, Cam, it's always great to hear from you, my man. Definitely appreciate you. One more quick call. We'll go out to Cali. Lois Cali Raider, as a matter of fact. Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness, my man. Hey, what's going on, Key? How you doing? I'm blessed, man. How are you? Hey, so one player that that um, no one's really talking about, you know, and I can't really seem to find tape on any on him, is that lineman David Booker Goha that we got from the Player Pathway, um, International Player Pathway. Yes. Program. Yeah, I haven't been to find no tape on him or nothing, so I'm kind of just curious about him, and maybe if you know anything that's going on with him lately. All right. Hey, great, great call. And, uh, yeah, that's actually – that's funny. That's number 62, and I, I can't remember who was talking about I think me and Vinny and maybe Jason Horowitz yesterday were talking about uh, him and the fact that, you know, he doesn't count against the 90-man roster right now, so he's actually 91 players. He's a guy that if he does, in fact – stick on the team or they like him and they want to put him on the practice squad, they can add him to the practice squad and he won't count against that number either. So you're allowed to have 16 guys on the practice squad, a certain amount of vets, and obviously uh, guys that are in the practice squad, uh, you know, ramifications as far as the, the experience. So, yeah, he, he's a guy that I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to, but, uh, you know, we'll definitely check him out on Friday. I'll, I'll make a note of it right now to check out to see where number 62 is and see if he's being a little disruptive or not out there. When I mean disruptive, I mean in a good way. So, uh, Hey, Lois Cali Raider, good call. Good one. And Cam, good call. Ruben, good call on uh, on uh, on Luke Masterson or as well. No, Cam said Luke Masterson. Yeah, really good call on Luke Masterson. And uh, Ruben, good call on Hunter Renfro because he has been balling in a major way. So that's the, uh, that's the feedback that we appreciate. Of course, we've got the don'tbebroke.com text line as well, 69187, keyword R&R. We're expecting Josina Anderson from CBS Sports to kick off hour number three of the show. It's Red Nation Radio 920.